Threads goes on a European vacation. We tell you exactly what's to come in 2024, and we offer some tips to get into the digital marketing world. Welcome to the first annual Strong Coffee Drip Christmas Spectacular. Now, you want to uh, think about this for a second. Why is it called a Christmas Spectacular? There's a lot of reasons. Most of them you can't see on the camera. Uh, my desk is completely loaded in Christmas lights. You can only see one of them. It's right here. But trust me, there's lights all over my desk. I'll put some pictures on Instagram. Um, and I am joined in this Christmas, Christmas spectacular by two guys that are definitely on Santa's naughty list this year, Duncan and Ian. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you? Great. Very Good well, to be thanks. here. Yeah. Excited to see everybody on Friday at the Christmas party in the office. We'll be eating the canned haggis, which has now made it to the office. There's no turning back. Duncan has a plane ticket, so he will be here. Uh, Duncan really will not to be it. eating the haggis. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, stay tuned. Uh, so before we get started, something that I thought about last week, um, if you've watched some of the videos from last week, you'll notice that Duncan and Ian were very professionally dressed. Uh, you know, sports coats, I called the Miami Vice, Crockett and Tubbs from Miami Vice, and I felt very underdressed, and I'm not going to let that happen anymore. And seeing it, that it is the Christmas Spectacular, I decided to step up my game. You can see the other two guys did not this week, so I think there's going to be a clear winner when it comes to the fashion game on the drip this week. Um, you know, you'll go on Instagram and you'll sometimes see ads, and you'll be like, I think that ad is a scam. There's no way I'm buying that thing on that ad. Then there's guys like me who see that ad and go, you know what? Let's roll the dice and see what happens. Lucky for me, I decided to partake in one of those ads. <laughs> That's the best golf shirt ever. <laughs> and this arrived at my door about two weeks later. Um, I was only alive for two years in the 70s, but I'm pretty sure this is what Santa in the 70s probably looked like. Um, it has a I love how they gave him there. a button eye. Like, uh, how, like he, they gave Santa a, a button right where his mm -hmm. eye would go. Like that's yep, yep. well designed. The Christmas, see here too with the, see how the present's opening. This is actually a pocket. Pocket. Oh, oh wow. wow. There was a lot of thought yeah. that went into that one. Well, when you pay upwards of $25 for a shirt, you expect <laughs> the best. So good news. I'll have this in the office on Friday if anybody else wants to give it a try. But um I think it's pretty clear who won the, uh, the fashion show this week, and he's right here. It's this guy. So um, before we get into what we want to talk about today, this is something that came up literally moments ago while we were getting ready to record. Um, Duncan found a story that he really wants to share with everyone. It has nothing to do with Christmas, but it's quite interesting. Uh, NASA recently announced that they beamed a video back to Earth from 19 million miles away. And the video was of Taters the cat. It came back very clear, correct, Duncan? Have you seen the video? I've seen the video. <clears throat> Taters is chasing a laser beam. But I think the key here is, frankly, that it came back in ultra HD. So, I mean, better quality than, obviously, my internet connection here, especially when the microwave goes off. So that's a plus. And not only that, there wasn't even an ad to start the video either. Oh. So it was an ad-free experience from 19 million miles away <laughs> that's a real that's a real miss on the monetization angle they could have well i think that'll that. be that'll maybe be like a 2025 plan for nasa of how can we monetize taters the cat taters the cat yeah i think that's <laughs> natural 
So yeah. don't worry okay. though, well, it will be on YouTube and there will be an ad in front of it. So yes, oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Google. Yeah. I will be checking out the taters video after, but I'm glad we got that in Duncan. Cause I was, you know, you brought that up right before we went live and we said, you know what, this needs to be on the drip this week. I'm sure we taters stay relevant and current. Yeah. Okay. Let's jump right into it. Um, the first story is something that uh, kind of just happened over the past few days. Meta's Twitter competitor threads has been launched into the European union, according to an announcement by Mark Zuckerberg. Initially introduced in the U.S. and over 100 other countries in July, Threads is now available to 448 million people in the EU. To coincide with the EU launch, Meta is allowing users in the region to browse Threads without needing a profile, although posting or interacting with content will still require an Instagram account. The delay in launching in the EU countries has been attributed to compliance complexities with the Digital Markets Act. So we actually shared a poll a few weeks ago on our LinkedIn and Instagram asking people whether or not they even use threads. Do they use it regularly? Do they even know what threads is? And close to 75% of people that responded don't use threads. And there was a, a decent chunk, I think about 15% that have no idea what threads even is. So in saying that, despite the fact that it's now launched in, in a larger portion of the world, moving forward, what do you think Threads needs to do to gain some ground when it comes to social media? What are some things that, that we think Threads may or may not do when it comes to, uh, to potentially gaining ground? Because originally it was brought out as they called it the Twitter killer. It definitely hasn't done that. What does it need to do to stay relevant with people? No, nobody needs to be a Twitter killer. It's trying to kill itself. <laughs> true. Very true. <clears throat> what do you think, Duncan? What do you think about threads? I know you you don't have a lot of experience with threads, but from the from the taters view, the 19 million mile view, what do you think about what threads could possibly do to be relevant? Well, look, I mean, Google has done a really good job of monetizing the platforms that it has um, that are for kind of the general public. Obviously, they have the business side of things as well. Um, Meta has done that a little bit. I mean, you, you've seen them buy WhatsApp. Um, now they've created threads. Now I, I suspect that there is a lot of data passing happening between, you know, Instagram and Facebook, cause that's what you can advertise on. Um, since threads is a social media app and WhatsApp is a little bit different. I suspect there's a lot of like data harvesting in general, which is why they've struggled to get approval in the EU. So, I mean, if Google can do it and they have this sort of network of sites that they can pull data from to show you ads, I, I got to see threads finding or really researching a way to get ads on that platform. And frankly, it, it may actually help them out, um, you know, bring in some businesses that want to talk to people, but it may also just ruin the, the experience. So I think it needs to be done thoughtfully. It needs to be done well. But I really think, I mean, their game is really let's get as much data as possible. So if they can get more people using it, I, I see ads not too far down the road. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, they would be like, well, that sounds counterintuitive. How are we going to get it to grow if there's ads? But you bring up a good point about maybe brands will begin to use it more when there's an opportunity to advertise along with their organic content on it. Um, I know not too long ago, I mean, it only launched here in July, but 
Um, a couple months ago, they started allowing people to use the desktop version of Threads, which I think helped brands get in the game because so many brands use the desktop applications to update and to be able to post across multiple channels, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, I think I can't imagine ads are very far away. And yeah, will it give it a bump? Perhaps. We'll have to wait and see. Ian, another non-power user of Threads, what are you thinking? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, when when it launched, obviously earlier this year, we saw a real spike at the very very start. There was a lot of hype behind it. It was in the news and everything, and and uh, there was a huge spike in users at the very very start, but that uh, fell off quite quickly. And I think it at the moment it seems like it doesn't have a um, a real reason to get people to come back. You know, log in every day, check it out every day, kind of thing. And that's what. That's what you really need for a social media platform. So I think that finding whatever that is for them to get people coming back, checking it every day, logging in every day, uh, and not have that same drop off. There may be we may see the same thing in Europe as we did um, everywhere else. It's already launched, which is a big spike at the start. But without that, they're just going to see the same fall off. Um, so yeah, I, I guess working out what that is and implementing it would be a great start for them. Yeah. No. And I, yeah, you're right. I mean, it did have a big kick when it first got going here in July and no, we got on it on day one. Cause we'll get asked about it. We might as well be there to see what it's all about. And I, I I'll open it periodically on my phone, but a lot of the accounts I enjoy following elsewhere aren't there. So, you know, I would love to perhaps use it as an alternative to Twitter, but so much of the content I'm looking for isn't there right now. So what am I going to do? Sit there and hope it shows up. So yeah, I, I'm not sure what it's going to take in the long run, um, but it's, it'll be interesting to watch. I think like Duncan pointed out too, the idea of being a Twitter killer, I, don't, I just don't think that's going to happen at this point. You kind of had your chance. You know, you, you launched where you were attached to Instagram. Here comes the big launch and you kind of took your shot and, it, and nothing really happened from it. So I don't know if they have enough to be able to come back and really take it out. But at the same time, you don't have to be a Twitter killer. Go be mm -hmm. your own thing and be do do good. And, you know, perhaps good things will happen. So we'll wait and three, see cool what happens to... with threads. What's yeah. that? I was, I was just going to say, if, they, uh, if their goal is to be a Twitter killer, just really le lean into that. You know, at the moment, they're not, not achieving that goal either. So if that is what they're hoping to do, then, you know, start bringing back some of the some of the features that Twitter have dropped over the years that people were sad to see go, things like that, you know? Yeah, it's still missing a lot of the key features that would allow it to be something that would ri really rival Twitter. I know in one of the other episodes, we mentioned the hashtags. I did, posting on threads the other day, I did experience the hashtag list, or the hash list hashtag. And yeah, you are only allowed to use one and it just shows up like a linked word, basically. Mm. Um, but yeah, you're right. There are many features that, that there aren't enough, there isn't enough there to entice a lot of people to, to go over to it. So who knows what'll happen moving ahead. And speaking of moving ahead, we have reached the end of 2023 and we look forward to the year ahead. Uh, there are sure to be some big digital marketing stories that will emerge next year. How will AI continue to completely change the, the marketing landscape? Will Elon drive Twitter into the ground? Will Mark Zuckerberg show real human emotion from his bunker in Australia, which apparently he's building right now. Um, each of you give me one bold prediction looking ahead into 2024 from a marketing standpoint. Ian, start with you. Okay. My bold prediction. Um, 
I want to give two bold predictions, although you only asked for one. Uh, my wow. first is that uh, um, text to the video, I think, will really start to pick up in 2024. Obviously, in 2023, we saw um, text to images through tools like DALI and uh, Midjourney and things like that. The, the pace at which they improved was incredible. Um, and we're starting to see the first rips of uh, text to video. So I think that's really going to take off next year. Um, the other um, prediction I would make is I feel like probably Meta, but someone is going to come up with an option for ads whereby AI is used to create your ad. You just drop in your landing page and then they just make the entire ad for you. You just type in a landing page, a budget, and then it does the rest. And I think we may see something along those lines next year too. I mean, it already pretty much exists where you, mm -hmm. it gives you recommendations that you can go and edit, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that's too far away. Um, how good it optimizes though is the, is the big problem. <laughs> Indeed. And again, that goes back to the kind of the idea of AI being something that helps us as opposed to replaces us, because there's still going to be that human aspect where you need to look through things and say, yes or no, this makes sense for human beings. It might make sense from an algorithm standpoint, but for actual eyeballs, you know, we need to rethink this. So I think there'll always be a place. And Ian, to your point too, about the text to video, I was experimenting with a tool just the other day in regards to text to video. And it's, it's pretty powerful. It's pretty interesting too. I don't, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that you could do with it, but again, yeah, I think that's something that could definitely continue in 2024 and really come more to the masses right now. You know, there are some tools that are out there. You can use them, but um, I think they'll get integrated into tools that a lot more people use on a daily basis. Indeed. Duncan, look ahead, look into your crystal ball. I should note too, Duncan, right before we started, um, we were trying to get in the Christmas spirit and you put those two stockings up behind you. So, so well done. Well, I mean, I wanted to make it a little more festive. Couldn't find my, my Santa hat, unfortunately, and I can't compete with what you're wearing. I don't think anybody really can. I, I think no, the camera's even no. struggling to capture all those colors behind you. So. Well, when you combine the sticker yeah. wall with this, that's a lot. It's a yeah. yeah. Duncan, what do you think? Intentional, but it, 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 it's given you like these little white puffs right by your armpits. Um, and I think it's, yeah. Well, just oh, on maybe, the one side, that's actually part of okay, Santa's Yeah, just that arm that I'm seeing it on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, when you see the shirt on Friday, Duncan, you can fully, you'll fully understand I'll be the blinded. whole scope of it. I'll be blinded. <laughs> by festive um, spirit. Well, I mean, bold prediction. I think. I could very much see this happening. I mean, with, with everything that's going on with inflation and everyone's complaining about, you know, grocery stores arbitrarily jacking up prices on things. Um, I, I could see a very similar thing happening in the ad space because it is a bit of a, a black box in the sense that the, whatever the base level is for a click that Google's given you, um, they're obviously making some money on that. That's the whole point of it. And, you know, it's always been told to us that there's, it's an auction base. So, you know, you have one person bidding this, another person bidding that. And if you're above them, for whatever reason, you do better. But obviously, there's always a base cost of what an ad provider like Meta or Google is taking for the ads. Now, I'm also very curious if inflation's affected ad costs. Uh, and then by that same token, has Google and Meta and all these platforms increased that? Um, you know, beyond what maybe inflation would do. 
so who knows? Maybe there's a, there's some sort of like class action lawsuit. Maybe there's something that people are digging into um, how much Google's actually taking because it is like their number one revenue driver. Same thing with Meta. So I'd be very curious how ad costs have changed in a high inflationary environment. And I'm curious if it was overinflated um, compared to, or similarly to what we're seeing a little bit in grocery store. Because you're right. I mean, there are companies too, they have increased costs with people, with technology, with rent, with um, server space, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, will their costs go up to the, to the end user, to, to advertisers as well? I mean, they've let a lot of people that, go. <laughs> they've they've yeah. let a lot of people go. They did a lot of cost cutting, but usually with cost cutting, it's how can we also squeeze out more money for what we already have in place? So I'd be curious. I mean, it's a bold prediction. That's what you were looking for. Was it true? No idea. Here we are. But you know what? Inflation is going to hit everything eventually. So why wouldn't it hit things like that too? And I guess for somebody running their own ads, the only way you're really going to do that is track your progress over time and see how much you're spending because they're not going to come out and tell you they're raising their ad costs, right? You're going to have yeah, to figure it out for yourself. Like I say, it's a black box. You don't really know what their cut is of everything. So it's it's an interesting question. Yeah. Nope. Two good ones. I'll finish with one, um, maybe two. I'll cut into what Ian was doing with two. The first one, I think, I, I think there's going to be some people out there with bold predictions that like Elon is going to sell Twitter or X or whatever it's called. I don't think there's enough time for him to do something like that in the course of a year. I've never sold a billion dollar company before, but I don't think it's something you just do on a whim on a Tuesday. Um, mm. I do think, however, I could see him you met stepping Elon? away. No, I haven't. No, not yet. But after he sees this shirt, he's going to be banging at the door to get in here. So um, I can get him one too. I do think though that Elon could somehow step back from Twitter um, a little bit and maybe let um, let other people take the reins, if you will. So I, I think that could be a prediction that's a little bit more realistic than he's going to sell the whole thing. The other one too, I would say, if if you think of social as stocks, I would be buying hard on YouTube shorts right now. And I would be selling on uh, Facebook. I would be selling on Instagram and I would be selling on threads and TikTok for me would be a slow buy as well, but not as high as YouTube, th uh, YouTube shorts. I think YouTube shorts are going to have a massive year next year. They've already built the whole thing. YouTube knows what it's doing when it delivers video content. And I think it's just a matter of time for people to see, Hey, there's another option out here to get video, short video content. And I think YouTube Shorts is gonna have an amazing 2024. Not to mention for guys like us who are in marketing, you don't need to create new content to go on YouTube Shorts. If you're already creating vertical videos elsewhere, it's just one more place to put them. And you probably already have a YouTube account too. So um, I'd be buying on YouTube Shorts and maybe not so much on the other channels for next year. Mm. And we'll be back here next year to see how wrong we were <laughs> or how right perhaps. All right, we're going to wrap up the Christmas Spectacular. I don't have any more changes to make. I actually have a Santa jacket that maybe I'll put on at the end just for fun. Um, but let's leave with this. We're going to jump back to the mailbag. And this is Santa's mailbag because it's Christmas time. Uh, where the questions are real, but the names and locations are not. This question is from Susan in Los Angeles. You've been to Los Angeles, right, guys? Mm -hmm. Ian, have you been to Los Angeles? I have never been to LA, no. Hmm. Okay, well, Susan says you can stay at her place. Crash on her coach next time you go there. Really nice. 
Uh, she says, hey guys, my son Hector wants to get into digital marketing, but <laughs> I thought I could read it without laughing, but I can't. Hey guys, my son Hector wants to get into digital marketing, but doesn't know where to start. What advice do you have for him? Well, you know what? Good news for Hector. This might be Hector in Tucson. I don't know for sure, but um, good news for Hector. This is the time of year, I think, when a lot of people maybe take stock of what's going on. Maybe they look at making a career change or they decide what they want to do um, with their lives. They want to go to school or what have you. A question I get a fair amount when I go speak places, people are saying, hey, this looks like an interesting opportunity, an interesting job that you have. How would you get into it? And I don't think there's a, a true linear path. You know, if, if you want to be a nurse or a doctor or a lawyer, it's pretty linear, right? You have to do this to get to this point. With what we do in digital, you can have a variety of backgrounds and previous experience and still arrive at the same destination. So I don't think there's one single thought I can, I can share, but I can tell you from my standpoint, doing what, what we do here, I think what really helped me wasn't so much that I was in marketing when I was in my teens and early twenties, cause I wasn't, but I actually spent a fair amount of time in retail and working retail. First of all, you meet guys like Duncan. That's where I met Duncan and look, look how this has turned out pretty good, I think. Um, but working in retail, what you do is you're diagnosing problems all day. When somebody comes in and they're talking to you and they want to buy something from you, they're telling you what they want. And in your head, you have to figure out a solution for, your, for their problem. When it comes to marketing, we're trying to determine what pe problems people have and then offer solutions to their problems. So it's really the same kind of thing. It makes you think on your feet, um, you know, make decisions on the fly. And I think more than anything else, um, Retail really has helped me in this career because you get so used to talking to people, meeting people, understanding their problems, coming up with solutions, and then you get immediate feedback too, right? You sell somebody something and you're hearing back from them a week later, a month later, or what have you. So it's kind of that full cycle of kind of that full buying cycle for people. You get to experience it firsthand working in retail. So I, I just think working with people in that retail environment has really helped me a lot and it gave me a really good foundation. So when we started doing what we do so many years ago, it was like, you know what? I kind of know what this is all about because I've done it for so many years, not knowing it at the time. Duncan, what do you, what would you offer Hector when it comes to advice? Um, I mean, I think one of the, probably the best ways to really learn is, is just to do it. But it's always good to kind of have someone to kind of guide you. So I would probably say if you could find, try to find a mentor, um, you know, even just reaching out to people that work in the industry with an honest email saying, Hey, I'd love to get into this industry, really looking for someone who I can ask questions about. Um, if you have time, if you would like to do this, please let me know. And if you send that email out to whatever 20 people, I'm sure you'd get a few responses of people that were willing to do it. Um, I myself am a mentor to a student from BCIT. Uh, so I, I actually find it kind of fun and interesting. Um, it's, it's nice way to give back a bit, but also, you know, just connect with the people that are trying to get in this career. Um, I can kind of guide them. I can encourage them. I can give them tips and tricks. I can give them, you know, educational things to learn on because frankly, in the end, you know, working in this industry, you want to build people up below you that can do what you can do. Um, so it's important. So like I say, I want people to, 
I, I love digital marketing. That's why I, I do it for a living. But I also want to kind of share that uh, love and enjoyment with with others. Um, and when I see it in others, it's it's nice to kind of help guide and kind of mold them a bit um, with what I've learned over the years. And, you know, Ian was with me. We had a, a, a high school class in our office a couple of months ago, and we kind of gave a little presentation about digital marketing. And it's funny, you sit there and watch, and there's like one or two people whenever we do this that are really keen and really eager. And you're almost thinking in your head, like, I'll probably run into you one day because this obviously, this isn't appealing to you. I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, you know, you show up at our door one day. But yeah, the idea of mentorship and teaching something we really, really love to do here. Um, and anybody that can have Duncan as a mentor is in good hands. Aw. I said that with a straight face too, despite <laughs> the shirt. I'm being serious. Okay. And to end on a less serious note, Ian, while you give your tip to Hector, I'm going to attempt to change into a Santa coat. <laughs> Take it away, Ian. Okay. Yeah. Um, so when asked... <laughs> When asked about how uh, marketing... Be was... serious, Ian. I'll try. I'll do what I can. Um, when he was asked about how marketing was changing, the copywriter, John Caples, once said, times change, people don't. And I think that that's worth remembering. Um, we see every week there's a new tool that we can use to uh, to help you know market to people. But the things that actually motivate people to act and buy... Um, largely you know remain the same over time so i think if people can get a, um get into the basics and fundamentals of um marketing of advertising uh, copywriting and analytics learning those skills will be um tools that are forward compatible forever with any future tools that come out you know there's something that you'll always be able to rely on so that would be my tip would be to to understand the basics of those areas and uh yeah I have to agree. I mean, digital marketing specifically, it has so much data. It's everywhere. Um, you can learn. If you can start to understand and read that data and, and kind of understand what story it's trying to tell you, um, you'll be unstoppable in a lot of different industries. So uh, it really is a rare skill to have someone that can look at a whole bunch of numbers and, and tell you what it means, or at least come up with plans to uncover what it may mean. Um, and I think that is definitely an invaluable skill to have. And it's one that you definitely learn in this industry rather quickly that you have to be able to look at numbers and figure out if this is good or bad. Yeah. Know what else is a really good skill? <laughs> Changing into a Santa coat and Changing off camera. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but it was pretty seamless, right? Oh yeah. No, I was I, I like I like the little hand motions, a little seductive Santa. <laughs> Yes. Try my best, Duncan. <laughs> all right. Good tips, guys. I, and um, those are all valid tips. And like I said, there's no linear path. People will say, should I go to school? Should I not go to school? There's no right way of doing any of that to get to where you want to be. You just have to figure out what the best way forward for you is. And um, I think if you polled everybody in our office, everybody had different paths to get here. There wasn't a single a single um, solution for everyone. So um, some good tips, guys. I think Hector really will appreciate that. And hopefully Hector can find his calling in 2024. I hope he continues to write in as well. He's yes. one of the biggest supporters of our mailbag section. 
All right, so without further ado, that's a wrap for this episode and for 2023. Thanks to everyone for watching, for listening. Um, it's been a lot of fun to see the responses that we've been getting both in person and online. We very much appreciate the support. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, and wherever you get your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Duncan, Ian, and the entire team here at Strong Coffee Marketing, we hope you have a safe and happy holiday season. We'll see you back in January. Now, guys, stay out of the eggnog and let's get back to work. Goodbye. No everybody. promises. <laughs> Bye. Bye.